Uh, it's quite a bit to cover. I almost was tempted to do it in two lessons, but Lord, uh, just be with me. I don't want to rush through things that are important, but just give me some discernment on how to uh, properly teach this today, Lord. And, and Father, I just know it's going to be a blessing and, and uh, uh, just a, a great encouragement. So Father, we thank you for it. Pray you'll bless. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen and amen. All right. All right. Yeah, this morning I was still undecided on exactly how I was going to go about this message because there's or a lesson because you see there's a lot of scripture they're going to be looking at as we study today about Paul and Barnabas and of course really a lot of what we're going to see is about Barnabas uh, you know without Barnabas you know we would have never got to meet Paul and uh, a lot of times we forget about that and uh, so Barnabas uh, certainly a great man of God and um, uh, you can see there on your outline we'll just jump right into it uh, you can kind of follow along there uh, on the outline and we'll get into uh, the, the lesson. I got a couple maps and stuff that I want to look at, but uh, uh, we see there uh, that on uh, letter A, the book of Acts teaches us about the local church and missions, and that's why I love the book of Acts. It's a, it's a great, great book. Uh, it's a book that we should all study and restudy as well, because uh, we find a lot of things in there concerning why we do what we do in the local church today. And uh, so we see there, number one, God used Paul and Barnabas to start and organize churches. And I want to emphasize that, local New Testament churches, you know, uh, that's important to understand. These were visible churches that people gathered together, baptized believers, that is, to carry out the Great Commission. <clears throat> and they were instrumental in their example in what churches should be doing today. And we see a list there of things, uh, evangelizing, leading souls to Christ, baptizing believers, uh, joining the church, and certainly discipling uh, believers as well. It's all part of what a local church ought to do, and uh, that's what Paul uh, and Barnabas were all about. Letter B there, Paul and Barnabas served uh, not only in small cities but big cities as well. And I think it's important to understand that they were sent out of a local church there in Antioch. And we'll, we'll learn where that is here in just a moment. And it says there uh, in Acts chapter 13, verse 2, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, uh, that is the church there in Antioch, we'll learn here in a little bit, the Holy Ghost said, separate me, Barnabas and Saul. We could say, you know, God had called them uh, for the work whereinto I have called them. Uh, and so I think that's a key verse, really, in the book of Acts, uh, when we think about missions and church planting uh, and those types of things. And as you read the book of Acts, you'll see that they helped start and organize uh, other local churches. As a matter of fact, the epistles of Paul were to churches. They were to church, uh, you know, local churches, sometimes more than one. And I think that's very significant as we kind of think about the mentality of what people think of the church today. Uh, they traveled great distances uh, by ship and by foot, as we'll see. And, of course, they weren't always welcomed, you know. It's like today, not everybody's open for the gospel, are they? And uh, so they encountered a lot of, of resistance and even persecution. One time, Paul even being stoned um, uh, there in Lystra, or Lystra. I'm not sure how exactly which way to say it. But uh, certainly they weren't always welcomed. And the lesson today that we're looking at, it's really covering uh, the period of Paul and Barnabas uh, becoming uh, partners in the ministry. Uh, and as, as we've already talked about, they'd be sent out as missionaries 
what is known as Paul's first missionary journey. And it's important to understand that when all this begins, that Barnabas is, is the leader. He's, he's the, main, the main guy, I guess you could say. But as time goes on, Saul will become Paul. And I think that's very significant. And by the way, that says a great deal about Barnabas as well. I, I think that's very, uh, very important to understand. And uh, so eventually Paul and Barnabas not only returned back to Antioch, but they returned to Jerusalem and give a report uh, and then Paul would eventually go on to take two more missionary journeys, uh, although without uh, Barnabas. And letter D there, God's still calling missionaries today. And, and we praise the Lord for that. You know, that, that hasn't stopped. And uh, so that kind of gives us an understanding. But I wanted to, wanted to look at some things here. And uh, this is kind of a map there of the Mediterranean Sea. Most of you probably recognize Italy, you know, the boot heel there. That kind of gives us an understanding. There where it says Macedonia, that would be today, that would be Greece, um, and, and so on. And then uh, uh, Turkey, uh, modern day Turkey is right in here, okay? Now you'll notice, I think I got an arrow. Yeah, well, pressed too many. But anyway, the bottom arrow is Jerusalem, okay? And the top arrow would be Antioch. That's in, uh, even today, still Syria. Uh, that's about 100, or I'm sorry, 350 miles uh, there from Jerusalem. So that kind of gives you an idea of the area. Um, but I want to, we're going to focus in on that. See the square up there? That's the area that we're going to focus on. I'm going to show you a map of that blown up. And we'll go back to this map as well. But I just thought it'd be important for you to kind of envision where all this was taking place. So his first missionary journey includes the island of Cyprus, as you see there. But it also includes um, there the southern part of Turkey, of uh, modern day Turkey as well. Uh, a lot of times you'll hear or you'll see the word in the Bible, Asia Minor. You know, our minds might go to the, the Far East, but it's really talking about what we know today as modern-day Turkey. And you see some of the areas there, Galatia, uh, uh, Cilicia, Cappadocia, Pamphylia, uh, different uh, Pisidia, different areas there. Uh, Phygria is up there uh, as well. Uh, different areas, and you see there the island uh, as well. And we'll, we'll go back over this again, but I kind of wanted to get, get your mind around this. So we see that Paul would leave Antioch, and you see the, the arrow going down to Cyprus, a couple places there in Cyprus. Then they go up to Perga and kind of make a circle there. Uh, there uh, you can see the, uh, well, that's kilometers, uh, but uh, I thought that was miles. So I think kilometers, are they longer or shorter than a mile? I can't remember. Shorter than, a, shorter than a kilometer. But anyway, that kind of gives you an idea. But, but you can kind of see, by today's standards, not a real big area. But remember, he's walking, <laughs> you know, so, so it was a, a quite a big deal. From what I understand, there isn't anything really to say, but it, it seems to maybe taken him about 10 months or so or a year to, to make this circle. In other words, from Antioch back to Antioch. Now, there were some other things that happened. But the actual first missionary journey, probably about 10 months, I would say, uh, uh, in doing that. And so that kind of gives you an idea of, of the area, this first missionary journey that he and Barnabas went on. And we're going to come back to that uh, here in just a little bit. But I want to go ahead and get into the story because we have several scriptures that we need to look at. And so uh, the story, uh, letter A, Barnabas is sent by the church in Jerusalem to help establish the church uh, in Antioch. And you can see some fill in the blanks there, and you can go ahead and be filling those in while I read. But uh, it says there in uh, Acts chapter 11, beginning with verse 19, uh, it says, Now they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that rose about Stephen 
We've studied that. Traveled as far as Phoenice uh, and uh, Cyprus and Antioch, uh, preaching the word to none but unto the Jews only. That was a problem that the church there in Jerusalem, they were kind of just still focused on Jews. Uh, and some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, uh, which when they were come to Antioch, the Antioch that I showed you on the map there in Syria, spake unto the Grecians, in other words, these are Gentiles, these are non-Jewish people, preaching the Lord Jesus. Uh, and the hand of the Lord was with them, and, great num and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. So these were Gentiles being saved there in Antioch. Then tidings, in other words, news of these things, came to the ears of the church, which is in Jerusalem, and they sent forth Barnabas, so we have a mention here of Barnabas, that he should go as far as Antioch, that is Antioch, Syria, there about 350, 350 miles north of Jerusalem, who when he came and had seen the grace of God was glad and exhorted uh, them all that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. So he, he was excited to see God working there uh, in Antioch. And we find a lot about Barnabas here, for uh, he was full of the Holy Ghost and of faith, and much people was added unto the Lord. Um, and it says, uh, Then departed Barnabas to Tarsus for to seek Saul. Now, how he knew about Saul, I don't really know. But uh, by this time, Saul had already been converted. We looked at his conversion uh, in one of our other lessons. And when he found him, that is Saul, he brought him unto Antioch. So he goes to Tarsus, uh, which is also in modern-day Turkey, and he brings him over to Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church. Uh, they joined the church. Uh, and taught much people, and the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. Uh, and in these days came prophets from Jerusalem unto Antioch. And so remember, in the first century, still had prophets that were prophesying, even in Old Testament uh, ways. Uh, and there stood up one of them named Agabus, uh, and signified by the Spirit, that is the Holy Spirit, that there should be a great dearth, in other words, a famine throughout all the world, which came to pass in the days of Claudius Caesar. So they knew this uh, famine was coming, uh, and they knew that it was going to be especially hard on the uh, church there in Jerusalem. Then the disciples, every man according to his ability, uh, determined to send relief, that is money, unto the brethren which dwelt in Judea, Jerusalem and surrounding area, which also they did and sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. And uh, so we, we have here certainly a, a lot said about Barnabas, but also uh, we, we begin to learn about uh, Saul uh, as well. And so we see there that Barnabas, first of all, was a good man, full of the Holy Ghost and faith, and that he also encouraged, matter of fact, his name means son of consolation, and Barnabas encouraged the people in Antioch uh, that they should cleave to the Lord. So he wasn't upset that these Gentiles were being saved. And then number three, Barnabas goes to Tarsus, to get Paul and bring him to Antioch. We read about that in verse 25 through 26. Uh, and they, that is Barnabas and, and Paul, they assembled themselves with the church. I think that's important to understand. They were a members. They were part of this church there uh, in Antioch for a year. Uh, and then we see how they would use Paul and Barnabas to send relief to Jerusalem, uh, what we read there in verse 27 through 30. And then uh, we see in letter B, 
Barnabas and Saul were prophets. I think that's, you know, we have this verse here, not only prophets, but preachers. And I believe prophets in the sense that we would understand prophets, particularly in the first century church. Now, we're going to uh, skip over chapter 12. Actually, we've already uh, looked at that as we talked about uh, uh, Peter and others. But uh, verse 13, or chapter 13, rather. So we're going to go on over to chapter 13, Acts 13. Verse 1 says, Now there were in the church that was in Antioch. So at some point uh, from chapter uh, 11, Paul and Barnabas are back in Antioch. It says, Now there were in the church that was in Antioch certain prophets and teachers. And he gives a list as Barnabas, uh, Simeon, which was called Niger, and uh, Lucius, uh, of Cyrene, and uh, Manian, uh, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. And so we see there's some other names, but we notice that Barnabas and Saul both are, are included uh, in this list as described here in verse 1 of chapter 13 as prophets uh, and teachers. I think that that's uh, uh, certainly uh, something that's important to, to remember. Again, I think we all would probably understand that about Saul, but I think sometimes we forget about that about Barnabas. And then in letter C, we see Barnabas and Saul uh, sent out from the church at Antioch as missionaries. And it says, uh, verse 2, chapter 13, As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, uh, I believe that's talking about the church family, if you will. That would certainly include these men here, uh, particularly the leaders. The Holy Ghost said, Separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. And uh, that's why we believe missionaries are called by God. Amen. Uh, very, very plain to see there. And uh, so the church leaders uh, certainly were directed by the Holy Ghost to send Barnabas and Saul. And two, I think it's important, not only prayer, but this came about through fasting as well. Um, and uh, just, uh, you know, wanted to mention that, you know, fasting is something that we're kind of, I think, failing in. And when I say we, I would say myself as well. Uh, but when you read uh, the early church, there was a lot of fasting going on. And, and certainly I think that that's something that we need to be reminded of even in today's church age. And so, so this came, through, came about through fasting as well. And in letter D, Barnabas and Saul take with them John Mark. And we know later, most of us know the story, this would kind of be the cause of some contention later on as we learn about uh, John Mark a little bit. Uh, I will let you know that uh, Paul and John Mark were very close by the time the book of Acts can't, you know, closes. Uh, I think Paul said that he was profitable. So, so even though there was a little hiccup there with, with some leaders in the church, they, they, it appears they eventually got things worked out. But uh, we notice to begin with there in Acts chapter 13, verse 3 through 5, it says, And when they had fasted and prayed, uh, they laid their hands on them and sent them away. And so they've, uh, they've uh, commissioned them, that is, they've been called, ordained them, if you will, to go into the mission field. So they, being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed into Seleucia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. That's that island that we talked about or seen on our map, and we'll go back to it in a little bit. And when they were at uh, Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues uh, of, of the Jews, and they had also John to their minister. And we know that to be John Mark, um, as um, the scriptures reveal later on. It says he was their minister, but he was their attendant. In other words, he basically uh, helped them, assisted them with things so that they could focus in on preaching, teaching the Word of God, uh, and those types of things. And certainly he was learning a great deal. 
uh, while, while under that uh, as well. Uh, and so he was their, their minister, that is, their attendant. And uh, letter E, Paul becomes the chief speaker. And I think this is important. And what I mean is he kind of, by the way, I probably should have been saying Saul up to this point, but uh, Saul would become Paul. But uh, we see here some, some scriptures that, that indicate, indicate a great deal. It says there in verse 9, first of all, Acts uh, 13, verse 9, Then Saul, who was called Paul, uh, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him. So this is when we find out that he's called Paul. Now what Paul's dealing here with is a sorcerer, um, and he's kind of fed up, and he's going to you know, do some things. But this is a turning point because this is where Paul, Saul becomes Paul, and he becomes the, the, the lead in this, this missionary journey. At first it was Barnabas. Barnabas went, Barnabas went and got Saul. Uh, uh, Saul and Paul go out to the mission field. But somewhere along the line, God reveals, and, and uh, Barnabas seems to be fine with that. He, you know, there's no kickback or anything from that. So I think that's a, a turning point there. Uh, there in verse 9. Then you also read in verse 13, now when Paul and his company, and, and so we see right away that now Paul is leading this company of people, which would include uh, Barnabas, and it says that they loosed there from Paphos and, and uh, went on up into the main land area of, of modern-day Turkey. And uh, so, so again, those are important. And then uh, over in Acts chapter 14, verse 12, um, it also tells us uh, later on, as they uh, were visiting cities there, in one of the cities they called Barnabas Jupiter and Paul Mercurius because he, that is Paul, was the chief speaker. So there was no doubt that Paul, you know, uh, Barnabas was the leader, you know, when they left, but Paul uh, would step into that position. And again, I think that says a great deal about Barnabas, and we'll revisit that thought here in just a moment. Uh, and so we have here the chief cities, and what I want to do, you, I believe you have that list. Yeah, you have that list on there. There were some things that happened there, and I'll throw the map back up there and just give you a, a minute there. You can kind of look down at your list and see where that is on the map uh, to kind of give you an idea of some of the things that were going on. And there's just a few things there uh, of, uh, you know, some certain things as you read the epistles uh, there. I talked about uh, the sorcerer there, Elimus. Uh, that happened on the Isle of Paphos. In other words, that's really Cyprus the island of Cyprus, the city of Paphos. Um, uh, Perga would be where we know that John Mark would leave them. In other words, he kind of he starts off with them, but then he goes back uh, to uh, Jerusalem there. Um, and then we see a couple places where he suffered persecution. We see there uh, Lystra. Uh, that's where Paul was stoned and, uh, you know, uh, was, I believe, died and, and was, I believe, called up to the third heaven. I believe he references that later on. And uh, so that kind of gives you an idea. And you'll notice the, the orientation of the arrows there. He goes up and kind of makes a circle, but then backtracks. And we're going to see that he actually visits those cities. Uh, I don't believe he goes back to Cyprus, but he does visit the cities there again, kind of makes his way back and reconfirms some things in the churches, as we'll see here in just a moment. And uh, so, so that's kind of the, the trip uh, that he, he took there. We've got a few more things as far as the story goes, but is there any questions as far as what we've looked at so far? Just uh, I think it's important we kind of have this in our head, you know, that these are real places, and hopefully you can, uh, uh, you know, identify these things. All right, any questions or anything? Okay, all right. All right, so we continue on with the story. Paul and Barnabas returned to the cities to which they had been. So they make the missionary journey, and that takes us over to Acts chapter 14. 
Acts chapter 14. And uh, I'm not going to read uh, uh, all of those, uh, but I do want to read uh, like the first uh, three verses or so, verses 21 through 23. And so we, we pick it up there. And uh, so they, they've, they've completed their, their journey, what they believe God had told them to do. And it says, When they had preached the gospel to that city and had taught many, they returned again to Lystra, uh, and to Iconium and Antioch. So they're, they're, they're going back. Notice what it says, confirming the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith, uh, and that we must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. So he's, you know, he's explaining some things. Verse 23, and when they had ordained them elders, that word elder, uh, it, it means several things. It's actually where we get the word presbytery or presbyterian, if you will. But really what we understand that today is, is, is pastors. In other words, they, they were putting pastors over these local New Testament churches. Um, I think that's important. Uh, in every church and prayed with fasting, they commended uh, them to the Lord on whom they believed. And uh, so uh, some, some significant, th significant things there uh, that Paul was doing. And again, all this had to do with the local church, uh, cons confirming their supporting further, uh, you know, propping them up, uh, the souls and the disciples, exhorting, you know, comfort and entreating, again, encouraging as well uh, for the disciples to continue in the faith. And again, ordaining elders, uh, uh, again, that would be, you know, pastors as we see pastors today. And uh, so I think that's very significant and, and gives us really a pattern of what missions should be all about and the purpose of missions uh, as well. Um, and then we see letter H, Paul and Barnabas return to Antioch. Um, and we read there uh, in verse uh, 26, and uh, again, not going to read it for time's sake, but it says uh, they report to the church all that God had done, and then they stayed at Antioch a long time. doesn't say how long, but a good long time that they stayed uh, there uh, in, in Antioch. Again, uh, very active members of that church. And then in letter I, and we'll, we'll pause here just a moment. I know I'm going kind of fast, but I want to, I want to leave time for uh, the, the rest of the lesson. It says, And Paul and Barnabas, while at Antioch, uh, so they've come back, they encounter the false doctrine of circumcision. And that whole chapter, again, for time's sake, I'm not going to read it, but just some of the things that they were, they were doing, that they were struggling against. And you know, it's, it's something that's always going on. There's always doctrine that's not of the Word of God that tries to creep into churches. And it was no different in Paul's day, even in the early church. And, and of course, uh, remember that most believers uh, up until this time were Jewish. And so they had a, you know, they, they, this, this, you know, Judaism was ingrained in them. You know, it wasn't that they weren't necessarily saved, but they just had a hard time letting go of some things. That was part of their culture and who they were. And they were basically teaching that, you know, you had to be circumcised to be saved, you know. And, um, of course, Paul was against that, and Barnabas as well. And it becomes quite a, a situation. Now, remember, in the meantime, Peter, we've talked about his story there with Cornelius. Remember how we studied that New Testament story? Cornelius was a Gentile, and God gave Peter a vision. And so Peter's already understanding that the, that the uh, gospel is not just for Jews, but for Gentiles as well. So all this stuff's kind of coming to a head. Uh, and so... Uh, Paul and Barnabas are summoned to go to the church there in Jerusalem where Peter was going to be, uh, and James as well, I believe, was the pastor of the church there in Jerusalem. And uh, they have a, a big to-do, a big meeting, if you will, and it's determined, again, I think Peter played a, a 
crucial role in that, that circumcision is, is certainly not needed for salvation. And, of course, uh, that uh, was great joy to those in Antioch. And uh, so that's what chapter 15 is all about. And, again, if you want to read that later, that's fine. Uh, but, uh, but that's kind of the gist of the, of the chapter. And then we get to letter J. This is where Paul and Barnabas, unfortunately, separate. Um, and it's just one of those things, you know, I, this is why I like the Bible. You know, God didn't have to put this in here. You know, he could have kept everything, you know, fuzzy and everything fine. But sometimes good men of God even disagree, you know. Uh, and, and again, I think this is important. So Paul, we're going to see here, disagrees with Barnabas about some things. Um, and so in Acts chapter 15, verse 36, it says, And some days after Paul said unto Barnabas, and by this time they are back again in Antioch. Um, and so verse 36 again, And some days after Paul said unto Barnabas, Let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they do. And Barnabas, now remember John Mark, uh, Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark, but Paul thought not good to take him with them, who had departed from them from Pamphylia, uh, and went not with them to the work. So Paul's still a little sore about him, you know, uh, cutting out on him. You know, he, he didn't like that, all right? Uh, and the contention, verse 39, was so sharp between them that they departed asunder one from the other, and that's unfortunate. And so Barnabas took Mark and they and sailed unto Cyprus. Remember Cyprus on our map? Um, and Paul chose Silas. And so we have here Silas who had come back up with them from Jerusalem and departed being recommended. So now Paul and Silas begin the what we know as Paul's second missionary journey, being recommended by the brethren, that is the church there uh, in Antioch, and he went through Syria and Cilicia, those regions of modern-day Turkey, again, confirming the churches. And uh, so, so uh, Barnabas, uh, the end result there is, after this disagreement, uh, Paul begins that second missionary journey with Silas, and we'll be looking at that next week. But uh, Barnabas and John Mark go to Cyprus. You know, the Bible doesn't record what happened there in Cyprus, but I have to believe that they did a great work there. You know, there is some historical things. Josephus has some things to say. Uh, but, um, uh, but Paul and Silas begin their second missionary journey, and certainly the, the scriptures are full of things that God would use uh, Paul and many others uh, as well in these second and third missionary journeys. And uh, so that uh, is the story. I apologize for going kind of fast through that, but I just want to leave enough time for what we learn and some principles. But does anybody, and we're doing fine on time, so, so if you've got a question, feel free to ask. So does anybody have any questions or any, a comment or anything? Uh, Brother, Brother Ward? Uh, no question, just comment. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Amen. Right. Amen. 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 Very, very good, Brother Ward. Yeah, you know, and you hear your preacher say this from time, and Brother Ward's uh, saying as well, that, you know, the Holy Spirit is a person. You know, He said separate, you know, and uh, not a force, not an energy, but, but, but God, okay? As a matter of fact, uh, you know, we understand the Godhead. The working agent of the Godhead right now is God the Holy Spirit. 
and uh, you know because uh, Jesus is at the right hand of God, right? So the working force, if you will, uh, is and that's what uh, what uh, Jesus said: "I go, but the Comforter comes." And uh, so, so I think that's uh, uh, pretty amazing. So, Amen. You know, that, I, I like what brother. One second, brother Bob. I like what brother Ward said there. Now, here's what I want you to understand about uh, reading Scripture: why it's so important. The main teaching isn't necessarily that God, the Holy Spirit. Is, is a person, okay? But when you study your Bible, these things begin to come to light. They be, you know, there's a lot of what I would call indirect information there that is very important that we understand. And so that just comes by reading and rereading and hearing words, you know, preached and sitting in classes like this and hearing that comment and going, hey, I never thought about that before. And uh, so, so great, great. All right, Brother Bob? Sure. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. He's talking about when uh, uh, the um, John the Baptist said, "I must decrease so he can increase." I'm not sure if I'm saying exactly right, but but uh, uh, certainly we see that in Barnabas as well. You know. Uh, so so yeah. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? Anybody else? All right. Yes, Miss Anita. Yes, ma'am. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Amen. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Sure. It. it uh, you know. You, you. You know. You don't know. I mean, you wouldn't think that it would happen that way. But I think God's will happens despite us not reacting or acting the way we should. <laughs> you know, it doesn't say you know who was right or who was wrong. But the end result was you still had two men of God that. We don't know for sure what all Barnabas did, but there's no doubt in my mind they did great things for God there on the island of Cyprus. You know, we have no reason not to believe that. So, so God's will was still accomplished, even though you had two imperfect people that, that bumped heads. <laughs> and, so, and that's what Miss Anita's saying, that you know, even when things don't go exactly right, that uh, God's will can still be accomplished, and, and we do thank the Lord for that. All right, all right, great comments, great comments. Okay, so what we learn, what we learn here, and uh, we'll, we'll buzz on through here uh, with these, and uh, we've already read the scriptures, so I probably won't take time to read them again, but uh, as I've already mentioned several times, we find the pattern and practice for missions today, and I think this is important to understand. Uh, missionaries come from the local church, and what I mean by that, not necessarily we see their letter D, but in other words, these are people that are saved, and, and we'll see here, serving. In other words, the, these are people that, that are, belong to a church, just like Paul and Barnabas did for some time. And so they come, again, from a local church. Uh, they minister, serve, before they become missionaries. Again, that's what Paul and Silas were doing. They were serving uh, a great deal, teaching, those types of things. Uh, we see their letter C. Uh, also, we read that in Acts 13, that they were separated. That is called by God for missions. You know, that's, that's very important to understand. And that they were sent, that is sent out by the church. You know, um, and, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, it might help you kind of understand, you know, why I feel about missions and why we take some on and why we don't take some on and those types of things. So I'm, I'm just trying to kind of get you to understand you know, some important things here is, is what we try to keep these things, uh, you know, in this box. I think it's important. And so missionaries are sent uh, by the church. And then letter E, you can just follow along. I'm sorry, I didn't, okay, I forgot to underline. Did everybody get their fill in the blanks? I noticed I didn't underline these, but uh, you can figure it out. So letter E, 
uh, missionaries preach the Word of God. Amen. And, uh, you know, I, I believe missionaries ought to be preachers. Amen. I just, you know, again, this is what, uh, what the Bible teaches. Uh, missionaries are certainly filled with the Holy Ghost. And missionaries share the gospel with the lost. I mean, that's important. Um, I understand that there's things uh, in, on the mission field that need to be done as far as construction and, you know, there's, uh, you know, tangible things that need to be done. But um, uh, sharing the gospel, that's the point. Amen. <laughs> so important to understand. And certainly missionaries uh, suffer persecution. Uh, no doubt about that. Uh, that's what we read there in Acts 14, 19, when Paul would be stoned. Uh, for, for doing uh, his work. And then letter I, missionaries report to the church what God has done for them. So again, it's still, you know, these are things that are uh, local church uh, uh, generated, local church controlled, uh, and, and under the responsibility that is the heading of local New Testament churches. You know, there's, uh, I know sometimes there's ministries out there that... Um, uh, happen and they seem great and and again it's happened to me at this church and I never want to disappoint anybody but a lot of times let's plug into this let's do this and and my what I've been taught and and my uh what what I believe policy if you will is that if it's not under the heading of a local church I'm not going to make it a local church thing now you personally you want to do it that's what you and God but that's why you know some of the things that I don't I don't plug into because I just don't believe, I believe it needs to be under the auspice of a local New Testament church that has a pastor uh, and so forth. And I think that's important uh, as well. So it kind of gives you an idea, you know, why we, why we uh, uh, do some of the things that we do as far as missions and even other things as well there. So, so that's what we learn. We have there a pattern and practice for missions. Any questions or comments on that before we get to the principles? All right. Okay. Thought I had one back there, but that was just my wife fanning. <laughs> All right, principles to be applied, and then we'll be done. And I mentioned earlier in the lesson that without Barnabas, there would have been no Paul. You know, uh, and and I might, that might not be exactly right, but but you guys understand what I'm saying. You know, uh, certainly God would have raised up whoever. But we do know that Barnabas was was key in Paul becoming who Paul would be. Um, and, uh, uh, and there's a lot of things that we can learn about Barnabas here. And uh, uh, if we go back, I wanted to read these. We're not going to read all of these. But if we talk about Barnabas, first of all, we learn a great deal about him all the way back in chap Acts chapter 4. And uh, I think we briefly looked at this passage last week. But let's go ahead and read that. You can go ahead and turn there. I don't think I have it on your notes. But Acts chapter 4, verse 36 through 37 uh, gives us a, a great deal. Uh, and uh, Hoseis, who was by uh, the apostles, was surnamed Barnabas. So we're talking about Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation, a Levite. I think that's interesting as well. And of the country of Cyprus, that island, uh, having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. And so this was uh, the time, you know, we talked about Ananias and Sapphira. But we see there uh, Barnabas certainly was a giver and gave a great deal. Uh, he was usable. In other words, as you study the life of Barnabas, certainly he was a great leader, particularly uh, there at Antioch and even the first part of the missions uh, program that they started. But he also followed well, uh, you know, and that's important. You know, I learned this even in the secular world that, that people who don't follow well, they don't make good leaders either. 
You know, some people, and that's kind of where this younger generation, I don't think they understand. They just want to start out being in charge. And uh, those who have been around for a little while, we know that it's important that you learn how to be a follower, right? Because if you don't follow well, you'll never lead well. It's just, uh, but, but I believe the Bible teaches that as well. And so he was usable in that way. And, and all of us, uh, young or old, we need to strive to be to, to follow, and even after Barnabas became a leader, he was willing to follow when, when, when God uh, was showing there. Certainly, as Paul, Barnabas was spirit-filled, uh, as we read there in Acts 11, 24. Uh, number four, Barnabas sought others for the ministry. Remember, he went and got Paul. I mean, think about it. You know, sometimes we talk about, you know, what about the people, the unknowns that, that uh, led uh, Charles Spurgeon and D.L. Moody to the Lord? You know, uh, we don't even know who those are, you know. Uh, but, uh, you know, God does. And, and, and in the same way, Barnabas, you know, now he didn't lead Paul to the Lord, but certainly was instrumental in, in seeing him get into the ministry and his call to missions. And uh, so, and it's something, too, that we, we need to be aware of, and God can certainly use us as well. Uh, Barnabas served, uh, that is, ministered in the church. Again, that's so important. Again, I'm seeing a, a, a trend of, of a lot of, young men, uh, you know, want to be missionaries and, and plugging into some type of ministry, but they don't, they just, they kind of want to keep the church at arm's length. And I'm just saying that does not work. It's not biblical and, and you can't, I mean, just, we don't want to, we don't want to start doing that, okay? I don't care how sincere or how talented they are or even how good they preach. Uh, if they keep the church at an arm's distance, it, 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 it's not God's way. All right, and then number six, uh, Barnabas didn't have to lead. I mean, you know, I think that probably is one of the biggest things that stands out to Barnabas to me. I mean, Barnabas could have said, you know, what do you mean we can't take John Mark? Wasn't for me, you wouldn't even be doing it. You know, you know, I mean, that could have happened. Unfortunately, sometimes that does happen. But, but uh, obviously, Barnabas didn't, didn't mind there uh, uh, and was able to let uh, Paul lead in that area. Uh, and certainly Barnabas gave God all the glory as he would testify later in Acts chapter 14, verse 27. And uh, so that is uh, the principles to be applied. Again, that influence of Barnabas. And, and that's something that we should all today, you know, want to copy. In other words, we would want to, we want to try to do that as well uh, uh, as, we, as we grow in the Lord. All right. Any comments or questions? Any comments or questions? All right, well, that was a great deal that we covered. I hope I didn't skim over it too quick. Like I said, we got a minute or two. If anybody has a question, feel free to ask. Don't want to rush you through here. All right, so next week we will be looking at Paul, Silas, and the Philippian jailer. And uh, so another, another great story as we get into the, uh, Paul's second missionary journey and uh, a great story uh, as well. All right, okay. Everybody feeling all right? Amen. All right. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for this lesson, dear Lord, and what we learned from it. Uh, just some practical things, Lord. I think it's important that we learn, you know, the chronology of these stories. We understand, you know, some context, the settings, even the geographical locations, Lord, uh, to help us to understand the meaning uh, of the passage better. And Father, make application. And Father, as we look at some of these things of what we learned and the principles there, Lord, we learned a great deal about two great men. And uh, Father, that uh, and we learned a great deal about missions and the importance, Father, of the local New Testament church. And uh, so, Father, we just thank you for that. And, Lord, we pray now that you have your willing way in the rest of the day. Pray that folks would come, Lord, that uh, your sanctuary would fill. 
And uh, Father, that you prepare hearts. I do pray, dear God, if there's anyone that might come in today that's not saved, Lord, when the invitation is given, they would accept Jesus Christ as their Savior. Pray for that believer who might be struggling or hurting in some way, Lord, that they might come and do business with you as well. Father, it's our heart's uh, uh, desire and prayer today that we all leave here better than we came in. We not leave here with any unfinished business. Lord, we'll thank you for it. We'll love you for it. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen and amen. 